Welcome to Living Life. Uh, I have a seven-year-old daughter. Her name is Caitlin. And she gets older and older. I realize it's much harder raising a daughter than before. And now she knows what to do to just push my buttons just a little bit more now that she's a little bit older. Uh, recently, we were kind of play fighting. And out of nowhere, she screamed at me. She said, Daddy, you're not the boss of me. And it took me by such a big surprise. So I asked her, then, who's the boss, right? And I was kind of uh, regretting asking the question because I was afraid of the answer. Uh, instead of her saying the expecting answer, which was mommy's the boss, she actually said, God's the boss of this house. And at first, I was kind of taken aback, uh, just losing in this argument with my seven-year-old daughter. Uh, but afterwards, I was actually very proud of her because out of the mouth of a seven-year-old came a very important truth, that God is the boss of us. It's often a truth that we often forget. We know that God is love, God is peace, and God is all of these things, but we often forget that God is our Lord, He is our Creator, He is our King, and He is our sovereign God. Uh, as we look at today's passage in Jeremiah, Jeremiah reminds us that God is a sovereign God, and we must always remember and acknowledge that. So join me in reading today's passage. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 12. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says, Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Jeremiah was a prophet of God. He was called to be a prophet for God, which meant that he had two different jobs. One, he had to hear or see God's message, and then he had to proclaim it to the nations. In today's passage, God does something very interesting. Instead of just telling him something or showing him an image, he directs him to the potter's house to be able to see and hear exactly what God wants him to hear and see. Today, he takes him down to the potter's house, and there, Jeremiah sees a potter. It's interesting because the potter is working on a piece of clay, but then he notices that the clay is marred. So what does he do? He takes it back onto his original form and he creates another pot out of it. 
very interesting because the illustration here is very clear. God is saying, I am the potter. I am the potter and I am free to do whatever I want to do with my creation. And if my creation, if my clay is marred or something that doesn't live up to my standards, then I have every right to reform it, reestablish it, or even discard it as he pleases. As a matter of fact, in verse 5, this is exactly what he says. He says, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. God is the creator of the universe. God is the creator of us. And God is a sovereign God in control of all his people. The problem is, the people of Israel, they were not listening to God. They were forgetful of who God was. They were forgetful that God is a sovereign God, that God is their creator. And they were turning away from God and going towards worthless idols. And usually, that is the same thing that we have in our hearts as well. Uh, we like to think that we are independent. We don't like to, anyone else to have control over us. I am in charge of my life is often what we hear in this world today. But that is farthest from the truth as we can get. Even though we might think we are in control, in reality, because we know the, uh, the truth of Scripture, we know that God is in charge. That God is God and we are not. That's one of the most important truths that we must always remember in everything that we do. God is God and we are not. And the moment that we impede on that truth is the moment that we fall into sin. You know, God continues to show Jeremiah his power. He says in verse 7, If at any moment I announce a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn apart, and destroyed, and if that nation I warn repents of evil, then I will relent and not inflict of the disaster I have planned. It means that God's in charge of anything, everything. It means that even though he had initial plans to uproot or destroy a nation, if that nation repents, it means that God can turn back and say, hey, I will not destroy you. I will not uproot you. I will just leave you as you are because he is in control of everything. And once again, God is showing us that he is not only in control of Israel, he's a sovereign God over all the nations, all the kingdoms, all the people. In that same way, in verse 9, he says, If at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I intended to do for it. In the exact same way, even though he intended something good to happen, if that kingdom or the people of that nation turn away from him, then he is able to reconsider the initial good that he had for them. Once again, God is God and we are not. We must always remember that truth. The problem is we don't like that. We don't like that. But God always gives us an opportunity to turn back to him. He says in verse 11, Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. Because the house of Israel, his own chosen people, were turning away from him, God was allowing disaster and terrible things to happen on their behalf. Yet, he still gives them a glimmer of hope. He says, so turn from your evil ways, each and every one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. Now that is the grace of God. Even though we don't deserve it, God allows us a grace. God allows us a way to turn back from sin, to turn back to Him, and to repent and reform of our ways. We know that God is a gracious God because we know the person of Jesus Christ. As we all know, God loves us so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to live for us, to die for us, and also to be raised for us. And because we have the blood of Jesus Christ, because we know the blood of Jesus Christ, and we have faith in the power of that blood, 
we are able to repent from our ways. Even though we cannot do anything on our own that is good, we know through Jesus Christ we are able to turn back to God. God has given us an opportunity to be able to acknowledge our sin, to acknowledge once again that God is God and we are not, and to be able to turn back to Him. And I reminded the difference between King Saul and King David. Even though they were both anointed kings of Israel, King Saul was rejected by God, and later on King David was anointed and accepted by God, even called a man after God's heart. Even though they were both people that were imperfect, and they both committed many sins, God rejected Saul, and God raised up David to be uh, the chosen king of Israel. And the reason for that is because Saul refused to repent. Anytime he was faced with his own sin, he made up excuses or he hid away from God. But every time David was made aware of his own sin, right away he repented and turned back to God. And because of that, God blessed him and called him a man after his own heart. So today, in our scripture, uh, in our prayer, wherever it may be, let us turn back to God. God has given us an opportunity to turn back and to truly repent. Not just to say, God, I am sorry for what I did today and to forget about it, but to hate the sin as much as God does and to be able to totally turn our focus back to Him, our Lord, our Savior, our Sovereign God. One of the greatest mistakes that we could make in our lives is thinking that we are all alone. We are never alone. Everywhere we go, we must always remember that God is with us. In our pain, in our joy, in our suffering, in our peace, wherever it may be, that God is with us every step of the way, guiding us, leading us, wanting to just be with us. So let's all surrender to that. Let's all surrender to that and be able to turn back to the God who loves us. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for giving us your important word today. We thank you for reminding us once again that you are the potter and that we are the clay, that you are God and that we are not. Let us be able to acknowledge this truth in all the places in our lives. Let us be able to understand and be able to follow you and be able to be led by you and be guided by you and just understand that every step of the way you desire to be with us. We are not alone. So Lord, we ask that you convict our hearts, you help us to remind us of our sin, be able to acknowledge our sin, and to be able to turn away from our sin as well. We thank you for giving us your grace. We thank you for giving us your love. And most importantly, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to live for us and to die for us. We thank you for all this. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.